You're listening to Bizarre Buffet, a podcast of all-you-can-eat weird. I'm your host, Mark Toriello. I'm Jen Wilson. And I'm Mark Blustein. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. And perhaps even a few murders. You're all in private. When we first went in, one of the people said, Who are you? And Tech said, I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. Hello. You are all listening to... Mark Toriello's closet. What is he wearing today? What is he wearing today? So Mark, for, tell us. For today's episode, I have decided to self-promote and wear my own fashion designs. So I'm wearing a chain, digital chain printed t-shirt that I created. It's stunning. And a red to black degradé chain print bandana. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's very nice. It's it is in- very nice. It's inspired by industrial looks and terminator part two love a sequel yeah love some schwarzenegger but you and i are just wearing the same thing from the last episode Mm. that we just recorded mark has to go and change his entire wardrobe sometimes we record like multiple episodes in one night because you know we're all working girls here we are and doing hot girl shit doing Doing hot hot girl shit shit. and i just want to make sure that you know i'm not repeating a look yeah because our fans have all commented on my um, beautiful outfits. They actually, yes, we've had quite a few reviews. You know, give the people what they want, Mama. Yeah. Yes, she's serving looks. Mama. She's serving looks. I think you all know that when it's me who's leading a story, that it's, it's going dirty and raunchy. It's Ooh. gonna be some fucked up something or other. I guess we'll start off with a question, <laughs> shall we? Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Has there ever been anything that either of you have wanted that you were like? I will figure out one way or a fucking another to get this thing, whether it's a purchase or whatever it is that made you feel crazy. Yeah. Everything that I Uh, own. Yeah. 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 A lot of times I'll say to Mark, if I, there's a fashion piece I really want, Mm -hmm. I'll get it. If I feel like if I don't buy it, I'm going to die. Yeah. But on a more realistic and less materialistic thing. One thing that I did want really bad that did drive me to the brink of insanity was when I worked at Michael Kors, mm. which is the biggest career mistake of my life. But I got some awesome clothes. I know. Jen has a great bag, a beautiful dress. No, he did give me a really good I gave, hookup. I give hookups to, you know, ye who deserving of it. My first day there, I knew it was the wrong move and the worst company I could have ever picked to work for. It took me over two years to claw my way out Mm-hmm. And I did everything I fucking needed to do, you know, in order to get out yeah. and, fi- and go back into like luxury fashion. Yeah, and absolutely. all that stuff. So, so there's a lot of emotion that can and could or would be or will be involved with purchases and. Or, I get like that sometimes when like applying for jobs if it's something I really want. Yeah, and like constantly checking my emails constantly like trying to follow up for me it's like having that unknown like sitting there with the unknown freaks me the fuck out of course i I, think that's like a lot of us yeah i can relate Um, to that i don't like that uncertainty like the uncertainty of like sitting and waiting and it'll make me go fucking crazy that like i have to like literally put my phone in another room or like go out without it so i'm not looking at my phone all day yeah Absolutely. So 
It almost becomes a sort of obsessive. It does. It becomes very obsessive. Right. Yeah. When no. you want something so bad, it's like you'll do anything for it. Yeah. yeah. That's how Absolutely. I feel about the podcast. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Wait until you hear this story, then you're all going to be very concerned. Do you think it's possible to be so addicted to shopping that someone would be willing to kill to keep that retail high alive? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I think so. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, I yes. love yes. to yes. shop. Mark's like, yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. I love to shop. Like, yeah. some people stress eat. And some people stress shop. I stress mm. shop. I don't know which mm. one's worse. I don't know. Stress eating is worse. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, go I mean, broke. Don't make don't, yourself I, sick. <laughs> for the record, I do not encourage returning merchandise, but you can always return something. You, could. you cannot return calories. No. You and you cannot, can pay off your unless debt. You're, you know. That's true. Or you just let it go to collections and deal with it when you can. Right. But anyway, well, there was a person who very much did believe that if killing needed to happen to fulfill your shopping addiction that it was a-okay and you know what her name is not me well you're gonna <laughs> find out now oh her name is dana sue gray okay and we're gonna get into hey, the story dana. about her shop till you drop literally dana sue gray was born on december 6 1957 She's an American serial killer who murdered three elderly women in 1994. Oh, oh. we're going back to the 90s. We're going I back to the, the fucking, fucking 90s. 90s. The mall episode. We had our moments. This was before bucket hat time, though. Absolutely. This I think I like, look like like Seattle grunge, how I'm dressed yeah, right now. With I the love flannel. it. Yeah. A 90s, a good like 90s moment. Kurt and, Cobain. Yeah. That's who I'm channeling tonight. And Terminator right. Part 2 came out in that era. It did. Like the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure did. Gray said that she committed these murders to support her spending habits. She was oh. fucking passionate. But, like, my question is, why did she murder these people to continue her spending habit? Did she, like, kill them and take their money? What's her life story? Oh, my. You guys, the two of them forever ask me the end of the story when I'm just oh. starting oh, it. Oh, sorry. I always and forever. I swear. I guess I appreciate your excitedness. Listen, me and Mark Toriello are going to become, like, detectives. I love yeah. it. We I, can crack I believe case. it. Let's get into this then, and hopefully we'll answer some of your questions. Okay. And I hope everyone can uh, get their questions yeah. answered as well. Gather around, children. Gather around. Come, grab sit, a- on, come sit on Mark's lap. That's yeah. right. Grab a teat. <laughs> uh, so now we're going to do her growing up early years for mm-hmm. you. All right. So Dana's parents split up when she was about two years old. But it's said that in regards to her mother, she was described as the following. Beverly was an aggressive, vain woman who frequently maxed out her husband's credit cards. (laughs) (laughs) They finally divorced when her husband found her grappling with an older woman who had angered her. It's after the divorce that Dana began acting out to get attention. Whenever Beverly would try to discipline her, Dana would retaliate by stealing money to buy candy and would occasionally fly (laughs) into fits of violence. Sounds like Veruca saw. Exactly. Sure does. It was probably that like old lady candy. What is it called? Mary Jane's? Mary Jane's. I thought those were shoes. Those are shoes, shoes too. too. But it's like this waxy, it's like a taffy car, caramel car. I can't uh, say the word. I know what you're no, talking I know. About. I yes. never know how to say and that word And it's in a red either. and yellow wrapper. Yep. And it's always like flat and hard. Yeah. Yeah, you're And it right. looks like it's been sitting out for a while, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Part of my grandma's purse. Oh, yeah. 
Already here, just based off of her youngest years, her mother kind of has seemingly like the personality that Dana would have Mm. early on, but also later in life because she wasn't a child killer at that point. Now, let's move on Dana's timeline a little bit further. Mm -hmm. So Dana graduated from Newport Harbor High School in 1976. She lived with her skydiving instructor, Rob, for the next several years, and he helped her with nursing school. 1981, she graduated from nursing school, and for the next few years, she had an on-again, off-again relationship with a windsurfer. Cute. So she was living with a skydiver and then being with a windsurfer. A lot of these like airy. Yeah, she's a cal. She's a cal airy. California gal. California girl soaking up the sun. All right, so now we're moving on to the 80s now. All right, I'm giving you guys oh the God. most important information. Everyone, tease your hair. Tease it. Yeah. Get it. The Get shoulder it. pad's on. Get it on now. Dana married a man by the name of William at an upscale winery in Temecula. I don't know where that is. Somewhere in California, I'm I suppose. not that great with California geography. Yeah. He was a fellow sports enthusiast who had known and admired her since high school. Now, the marriage quickly got into trouble, though, when Dana dug them deeply into debt. Surprise, surprise. Just like mommy. At this point, she was also estranged from her two half-brothers, having burned many bridges in a dispute over an aunt's will. So Dana is just always and forever, like, steal the money for the candy, get the will money. She is just about a cash grab. Sounds like one of my ex-boyfriends. I know. Dana kept it moving, <laughs> and she was working as a labor and delivery nurse at the Inland Valley Regional Medical Center. Dana and her husband lived in a gated community in Canyon Lake, Figures. so they were doing well. You know, they were doing well for themselves. She was seemingly living, you know, I guess kind of normal life. We're into the 90s now, so let's go to 93, all right? Single white female era. Oh, yeah. Queen Latifah, U-N-I-T-Y. Oh, love a Latifah moment. So in early 93, Dana left her husband. (laughs) What's a Latifah moment? I don't know. I'm just speaking. You know me. Don't pay too much attention to what it is when I say these one-off things. I love it, though. Thank you. So... Early 1993. Dana left her husband and moved in with their friend and her lover. So their friend and her lover. Uh, By the name of Jim Wilkins and his young son, Jason. So hold, hold on. She was living with her husband, her lover. So she was having an affair? Their friend and her lover. So I guess it was her and William's friend. Yeah. But became her lover. Yes. The wind surfer. Yes, I believe so. Okay. She was moving along. She was like, I gotta go. I got other shit to do. Hot girl shit in California with the wind surfer. Wind surfing yeah. shit. We love hot girl shit. Absolutely. And you know what? Dana was trying to live her hot girl life. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Like, whatever. She could have been an artist, but instead she's a killer. Let's go to November of 1993. I was like three or four years old. Oh, my God. Uh, Dana was fired from the hospital where she worked. (laughs) For what? For um, stealing Oxycontin. Yeah, pretty much. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, wow. Misappropriating Demerol and other opiate painkillers. I'm so smart. You are. That's what sells. So good for her. Absolutely. She she was always about the dollar amount. Mm. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Yep. So now let me bring you to Valentine's Day of 94, February 14th, baby. 
Dana sent word through her husband's parents, because at this time, she was not in touch with the husband. This is Jim or William? William. Okay, so now, okay, so her and William weren't divorced. No, I don't think they were officially divorced at this point. Okay. Yeah. So she had sent word through his parents because William kept his phone number and address hidden from her after they disbanded. I mean, I would probably too if I was married to somebody who was fucking sucking me dry out of money. Uh Uh-huh. And it seemed like a good idea because she was essentially saying that she wanted to meet up with her estranged husband. Now, William initially agreed, but he didn't show up. And it's a good fucking thing because later that day, Dana murdered her first victim, Norma Davis, an elderly lady. I know. An elderly lady whose home Dana had shared for a time. Later, it was found out that Dana had taken out an insurance policy on her husband, William. That policy would have paid off the Canyon Lake house in the event of his death. Hmm. So the house that they had together that was going into foreclosure, there were a lot of legal things. I mean, I don't know all the intricate details, but I'm assuming that her idea was shit. Kill him. Life insurance. Get my fucking nice house back. The end. Yeah. Right. Right. Very sneaky girl. So, Dana, what are we going to do with you? I know. So, now let's get into the real mess of everything. I love a good mess. We do. By the time Riverside County Police caught up with Dana, she had garroted and bludgeoned to death a number of elderly women. That's so sad. I know. I hate when people take advantage of the elderly. Yeah, and that's exactly what she did. Fuck her. I know. But then... Fun part, she went on binges with their credit cards. With the dead people? Yeah. Oh, God. With yeah. the dead people's credit cards? Yeah. <gasps> I know. Oh, I know. No. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, she should have just, I mean, not. I'm not advocating steal people's credit cards, but she should have just stolen their credit cards. And not killed. And not kill them. Yeah. And, you know, they can dispute the charges exactly. and all that stuff. So she's an asshole. Well, do you want to hear a nice quote from her? Sure. Mm -hmm. I had this overwhelming need to shop, but others saw only an overwhelming need to kill. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I want that inspirational quote framed and hung up in my apartment. Absolutely. They can sell it at every home goods. Yes, they should. So let's start with another victim uh, by the name of June Roberts. So in 1994. Oh, Norma June. I know. In 94, a Cadillac belonging to one of Robert's former neighbors, Nurse Dana, knows through the development's gates where she had previously lived. So the house that, you know, was in foreclosure. It was on Big Tree Drive. What immediately transpired when Roberts had opened the door isn't entirely known, but Roberts, who was 66 at the time, was ultimately strapped to a chair, strangled with a cord ripped from her telephone and hammered savagely on the face with a wine bottle. Jesus Christ. I know. Hmm. God, it's rough, right? See, if th- that's a bit much for someone that's after money. Well, like, but, but that's the thing, too, because yeah. what makes this story very odd is that the murders were very gruesome. Yeah. Much more gruesome than, I guess, what one would say is like, oh, the average MO of a woman yeah. who's a killer. Yeah. Not mm. saying that that's correct or incorrect, but she that's was pretty fucking were. savage. Less than an hour later, the Cadillac was parked in front of Bailey's Wine Country Cafe in town. 
Temecula, where Robert's killer, Dana, puffed cigarettes and frowned at the small boy running around the tables. Cigarettes and frowns. What does that look like like this, buddy? Do it. Do it. I love it. So she sat there, puffed her cigarettes and frowned at the small boy running around the tables. I mean, yes, I would do that too, just minus the murder. She charged the crab cake and scampi to Robert's credit card. It was too much to eat. I love a good scampi. Ah, me too. So the waiter packed the rest to go. She was just like going about her day, which is just so fucking, fucking awesome. peculiar. Yeah. Peculiar. <laughs> the next stop was an eyebrow wax and a perm for herself and a fashionable a cut for the boy. Signing the $164.76 charge, June Roberts. She's told the stylist she was on a shopping spree. <laughs> God. God, this lady's crazy. What a fucking troll, right? I hope she tipped well. I know we love a good tipper. We Who do. Says, I'm on a shopping spree. I know she's I out of her never, mind. I would right? never go out and admit that. She's like, no. I'm on a shopping spree. I'm on a shopping spree. Like you shouldn't say that if you're not murdering shopping. people. Yeah, it's like oh, shows. shopping spree. Oh, yeah, shit. So she proceeded to spend $511 on a black suede jacket and several pairs of cowboy boots. Woo! $161 on a pair of diamond drop earrings. <gasps> How much? $161. Girl, that was not no real diamonds. Well, it was like, what, 94 so maybe. Mm-mm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they were all charged to... Roberts. So, heading home, she swung by the drugstore and picked up dog treats and two bottles of Smirnoff. On the way to the checkout counter, she paused. Ah. Is she going to eat the dog treats? I mean, maybe. She paused in the toy aisle and tossed a five ninety nine toy police helicopter into her basket. So, I guess for her child. For Jim, for not Jim, for Jack or whatever. Yeah, one of Jason. Jason. Oh, yeah. It's probably his kid, right? Right. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, yeah. yeah. Ten days later, Dorinda Hawkins, 57, was strangled at an antique store in Lake Elsinore and left for dead. But she survived and gave officers a description of a blonde, wavy-haired female attacker. Within the week, 87-year-old Dora Beebe in nearby Sun City, another golf mecca for retirees, was strangled and beaten to death with a household iron Oh, I know. She was fucking brutal. When Dana Sue Gray was arrested later that day, because she only got to like three people, thankfully. Later that day, police found credit cards in Dana's lingerie drawer, a closet full of new clothes, tags still attached, boxes of Nike Air athletic shoes, a purple boogie board, a thousand (laughs) dollar Trek mountain bike. An unopened bottle of opium perfume. Uh, Who made opium? I thought that was... Was that Dior? I think it might have been. No, I think it was Yves Saint Laurent. Oh, maybe you're, oh, you might You be, would know. It was. Yeah. You would know. I worked for them for six years. Yes, that might be it. Yeah, it was opium from the opium collection. That makes sense. Because Yves Saint Laurent had a little bit of a habit. Oh, and, that would and be... The, makes even, the makes. French fashion brand has a little pride in it. Oh. Well, hey, you know, get your inspiration where you can, baby. Well, you can. Bonjour. So now, Gray was handcuffed and put into the police cruiser, still wearing the diamond earrings that we spoke about earlier that Mark is um, not sure about the price on. I don't know if they were real diamonds. Well, they could just be 
they, they might be fake. Who yeah. knows? While she's in the back of the car, it's said that she talked about her new boogie board all the way to the station. The purple the, boogie board? Out of, yeah. out of everything? Out of everything. The she, purple fucking boogie board. Yeah, that was her choice. It probably looked like Grimace from McDonald's. Yeah, probably. I was probably. thinking Barney. Oh, Barney. Oh, Barney. Yeah. Tinky Winky. Chill. Gray's fastidious grooming and fashion sense were barely ruffled by the killings. It's noted that she was always dressed well, had regular manicures and pedicures, and was meticulously clean. She was so neat that Riverside County Deputy District Attorney Richard Bentley still marvels at how she emerged from disturbingly messy crime scenes with nary a drop of blood on her, or apparently a hair out of place. Wow, what a nice compliment, I think. Beautiful. Uh, Yeah. Clerks, waitresses, and salespeople who waited on Gray after she killed say she might have seemed somewhat nervous but was always well-groomed. Indeed, the day after strangling and bludgeoning Roberts, Gray loaded up on some suntan lotion, got a massage at the Murrieta Hot Springs Resort, and spent the afternoon power shopping, all courtesy of her victim. Oh. You know... (laughs) Mark's gonna... (laughs) Whenever Mark goes, you know... You know... It's usually something. It's something. It's a moment. Continue. The victims are truly the true victims of this. Yes. But let's also consider the salespeople that she shopped with who had to work on commission. Oh, Oh, God. And she was probably like a repeat customer for a lot of these salespeople. Yeah. Yes, retail girl. Tell it like it is. (laughs) Basically, what sucks is that now these salespeople that kind of had a built-in income with her or built-in sales rapport has now lost that client. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of times these retail managers really lay down the pressure on the sales teams to have this repeat business. Yeah, so So they're probably like, I don't care what you did. So aside from killing innocent people, she also probably wrecked or rattled a few people's retail careers. Yeah, and I'm sure they got chargebacks and returns from all the poor things. Oh, I know. Fucking Dana, you asshole. You're an asshole. You're an asshole, Dana. You're an asshole. So, during Dana's confessions to the crime she had committed, she made the following statement. I'm going to let you read it. Oh, yes. All right. right. (laughs) Jen Wilson is going to read a statement. A statement from Dana during her confession. I got desperate to buy things. Shopping puts me at rest. I'm lost without it. There you have it. And she claimed the reason she kept the cards was she had an overwhelming need to shop. (laughs) (laughs) You're so good at this, Jen. Thank you. You're so welcome. Oh, God. Blessings and abundance. On October 16th, 1998... We're nearing the very end here, people. Four and a half years after the murders, Dana Sue Gray was finally sentenced. Good. I know, right? She chose this opportunity to address the court for the first time, as reported in the press enterprise. And she said the following. The last statement is going to be read by Jen Wilson. And this was Dana Gray addressing the court. My life and my career have been focused on healing. It is straight so far from that goal. It was so out of character. I'm sorry, and I know these words will never be enough. I will live with this the rest of my life. (laughs) She expressed her regret to the judge and said she accepted her responsibility despite the fact that she believed her judgment had been clouded at the time of the offenses. 
She repeated her belief that her acts could be attributed to a doctor's failure to monitor her medication after prescribing antidepressants. And mm. that is a summarized version of Dana Sue Gray for y'all. Beautiful. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So her motive was shopping. Yeah. It wasn't she, even like murdering people. Like normally no. it's like you want to kill. It's like, yeah. no, I want money. I just want to shop. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what she said too. Is she still alive? I believe she is. I believe she's still serving her life sentence okay. in prison. Hey girl. Hey Dana. I think she's like shopping in prison. Probably. At the like, commissary. At the commissary. Yeah. She... <laughs> What do you buy? Like, what, gum? Sardines. Gum, snacks, Kansas weird. Kansas sardines. Yeah, weird shit that, I don't know. Prison pizza? Prison pizza, maybe. Prison chips, prison. I don't, I don't think she's getting her perms and uh, manicures mm. and, you know. I just envision, like, a block of ramen noodles. Uh, yeah, that too. I love sure. ramen. Yeah. Well, what did you all think? I like that. I like yeah. that, too. I thought it was, I mean, I'm just happy that. that it yeah. was something... I mean, yeah, there was still some blood and gore in it, but yeah. kind of toned it down. I'm shocked, but it I was know. I know. Yeah. Well, you know, I thought it was a really good mix of like morbid, but also like there was the whimsical element shopping. of shopping. shopping. She's like, yeah. She, and she never, like, it never occurred to her. She was just like, it wasn't about the killing. I was just, I had this uncontrollable need to shop. Yeah. Well, her story would make, a, her story would actually make a good, like, dark comedy or film. Or well, like a Netflix series. Yeah. Yes. Well, in one of the articles that I referenced in here, I'm not sure the specific one at this moment, um, but they had essentially alluded to their being... Things or possibly. That's awesome. I would be. I would be really intrigued to see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Dana Sue Gray, I advise all of you to not kill for things that you want, Um, even though as tempting as it may be, you don't want to be in prison for the rest of your life, like Dana Sue Gray. Exactly. And that is my word of wisdom for the evening. But if you do want to give us money, you can go to our Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash Bizarre Buffet. $3 a month will get you access to all of the deleted content. And believe me, there's a lot that gets deleted from our episodes. Yes. So you can see all the fun shenanigans that go down and you're also supporting a good cause. If you can't or if you want to do that and also leave a nice positive, what is it, Jen? Positive, not negative. Review on Apple slash iTunes. And that really does help us a lot. It helps us tremendously. And it's free. So yeah, and it is free. All it takes is a moment of your time. Yeah. And give us a like on Instagram. Yeah, at Bizarre follow us. Talk to us. Yeah. Tell us how your day is going. Facebook Bizarre Buffet. Instagram, Instagram Twitter. Our Instagram page is lit. It is. We have we a, have a ton of shit on there. We, we do, do a lot suppose. of trivia on it too. About we do. Mark we does, have some fun. Yeah, we got some yeah. fun stuff on there. We do. Until next time, my name is the credit card that Dana Sue Gray stole. I am the purple boogie board. Oh my God, that is so good. I am Mark Toriello and I'm the chief knockoff diamond earrings. Oh, good night. Goodbye, Goodbye, everyone. So long.